all around the world. And if you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what? This is your podcast. What's going on, everybody? It is episode 45, and we're talking, you know, kind of similar to the MJ second number that he used when he came back to the NBA. I know, Mickey, you've been hyping up this episode. I mean, I mean, you hype up the GOAT, you hype up everything, and that that is just not what's going to be. But here, here we go. Let's get it going. I'm excited. We got a lot of basketball to talk about. What's going on? How are you feeling? Start us off, Mickey. I am so upset with you, Mr. Zizzy. You stole my intro. You stole my intro, ladies and gentlemen. We did not plan this. And Zizzy just stole my intro. I had the little uh, low bow wow, like Mike, you know, uh, song about to play. We're playing basketball because it's all basketball on today's podcast. And you stole my energy. Oh Dude, my that's, goodness. That's actually amazing. Like I, I can actually say, like, usually we plan about everything on this show. But th- no, that's awesome. I'm actually so hyped. I'm so hyped. I right wanted now. to have a cool <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I wanted to have a cool intro. You stole it. Hey, I'm Man. Sorry, I bring the energy like that. But of course, we gotta start off with one of our favorite segments, like we do on every episode, the person of the week for each of us. Mickey, do you want to start us off or do you want me to go ahead? I will start us off once again with the Mickey Zizzy podcast person of the week. And I would like to shout out actually uh, one of the people who I get to see every day. And typically you probably would not hear this from me, but the principal I work with, John Kane. It is such a wonderful thing to have when I walk into the building. And one of the most happy people there is John. And uh, Mr. Kane is all I want to call him because me, you know, growing up being a first year teacher is I still have troubles calling teachers by their first names, even though I'm a teacher as well. But uh, I just want to give him a huge shout out for really um, helping me develop becoming the best teacher I can be. And he's always keeping me on my toes. And he always makes uh, brings the kind of energy as well and brings the excitement. So I just always have to match him or, you know, go one step above him as sometimes I try to do. But uh, he's been an amazing first principal I could ever ask for. And now he has some really big things coming up. And I want to wish him um, the best and some uh, things coming up there. But uh, thank you so much, uh, John King. Hey, shit, gotta, gotta love that. And that's awesome. I mean, I'm actually really appreciative that you were able to shout him out. What, especially with the fact that it's something that's personal to you. Somebody that actually like personally affects you. Because I didn't do that this week. The person that I went with for the personal week is actually somebody that I've never met before um i was actually so we were doing research as we always do for our episodes and stuff and as i'm doing research like current events and whatever else pops up so we we all know about the winter storms that have been going on in texas so uh i saw this article that popped up um and there's this man that lives in texas his name is ryan sibley um he actually has been a victim of a few of a few different uh car accidents and one motorcycle accident actually so like He's, he's got a bunch of, like, issues and disabilities nowadays. So, like, for instance, he can't even lift more than 20 pounds, apparently, with one of his arms. and He has trouble walking for more than two or three hours at a time. So, like, he's definitely got some struggles. But even with all of those issues, 
in the past couple of days, he's rescued or helped over 145 different people that have been stranded on the side of the road wow. that have wrecked their cars that have needed transportation to hospitals, whatever the case may be. But he's again, over 145 people. And he's, he said, you know, I can't walk very far. I can't lift very much. I can't help out in a lot of ways, but I can drive a truck. So he's just been out there doing everything that he can. He put his number out on public plat, uh, public platforms so people could reach out to him if they needed help or got stuck as well. So it was just, just a really cool story, just something that I thought would touch our audience as we're obviously trying to promote positivity and trying to help everybody else out as much as we can. So shout out Ryan Sibley in Texas. A lot of us, hopefully we can be more like you. Shout out, Ryan. Positive vibes only as we try to do on this podcast, sharing people's stories. And that is such a phenomenal story right there. I know Texas is getting pretty hit hard because they've never had anything like this. And it's really cool for him. Like, hey, I can't walk, but I can drive a truck. And he, you know, gets to it and really probably benefits a lot of people's lives. I mean, 145 is a really, you know, big deal right there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But... With that being said, it is the basketball podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. We've been talking a lot of football, and obviously with good reason. We had the Super Bowl. We had the GOAT discussion. I mean, we, there was a lot going on, but we're back in the basketball. We're back in the heat of things. Um, obviously, we could – there's, I don't know, college, NBA. I mean, there's a lot of storylines to cover, Mickey. Which one do you want to go with first? I, I personally would say college. Okay, we're going to go the college route. I would be a-okay a with that because, you know, oh, like yeah. I said, I'm having a ton right now, Mr. Zizzy. I'm going to give you a quick Hi. First off, Please. basketball is back, like I was saying. But also, these multivitamins have been hitting different, Mr. Zizzy. And I'm not just saying that because we are a pinnacle podcast. But they actually – here's the thing, Yank. I actually feel like I have more energy. And I'm not as sore for my workout. Sometimes I'll be walking downstairs. Uh, uh, and I'm not as sore. And I'm, I'm feeling good. And it's been kind of the first week here. I think my first week after using them. But uh, that's just some personal experience from me actually using multivitamins at Pinnacle Supplementation. Um, our quick shout out to them as they are you know, one of our supporters, one of our sponsors here on the Mickey Zizzy podcast. Use that promo code, that discount code to get some free merch. Mickey Zizzy in all caps. We'll put the description as well in the below but i know after this batch is done i'm gonna get myself a nice free hat um with the next batch but uh how to throw that in there real quick of why i'm yeah, having so much energy of course man of course and i, I mean uh, you're not the only one i've actually been seeing a lot of people recently been jumping on the wave and i'm probably going to be jumping on that as well uh here pretty shortly i've uh i've been getting back into the fitness game in general so why not give it a shot? especially with everybody saying how good they've been feeling after taking it you've been one of those people i've seen a few others uh Tim Monfils, uh, some other I've, – I've seen a few other athletes from Cornell, and I can't believe multiple people, but I can't get all their names right now. But I'll make a list for the next episode. A lot of people have been happy with the product, so got to promote it. Yes, of course, we're promoting those positive eyes, supporting others. But the person I want to – the team oh, I'm really going to be supporting, you already know, the number 11 seated on the AP poll, um, Iowa. And really? You went with them? You wanted to talk them right now? Okay, okay. Oh, please, right please away. explain. Please explain. Well, we got to start off with the Hawks because Luca Garza is going to be the player of the year, all right? He's going to be the first overall pick, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Hawks fan. Like, his stats don't lie. Um, let me see right here. So he's averaging the most. He leads the NCAA with 24.6 points per game. And on the side, he has 8.4 rebounds. For being a college, 24 and 8 is fabulous numbers. And he's also averaging a block and a half as well. 
shooting at 56%. And he's got a three-point sniper, 43% from downtown. Like, Luca does everything, and he's a hard worker. I see so many videos of him putting extra hours into the gym, and it shows on the court when teams are doubling him as much as possible. Um, he is one of the best in Big Ten history, and, you know, I am kind of biased, but the stats are not lying here because the Hawks are also the third highest-scoring team in the in the NCAA with 87.4. Like, yank, I'm throwing all these stats out, and the Hawks are filling the uh, blanks here. But uh, that's my first kind of take about, like, why Iowa is, you know, going to be a force to be reckoned with once Martin Madness starts here soon. And, you know, I can respect the – like the praise that you're giving to Lou Garz. I, I mean, I understand his talent. I understand him as a player. I understand the hype that surrounds him. My issue is the team itself. Mickey, I understand that, that you have a great player. I understand that you have a coach that's been around the program, that you guys have a system that works. But have you not been seeing what's been happening recently? Like what's with this one and four, that little one and four slide that they hey, have? We know, we but, know. But, what do you mean? What do you know? It's it's concerning because not only that, it's not like the schedule is going to get any easier moving forward. You still have Rutgers. You still have Michigan State. You got two matchups with, with Wisconsin, who's always ranked. You got big top five matchups with Ohio State and Michigan down the road. Like, I'm concerned for them building momentum down the stretch of the season because this isn't the first time that we've seen this from Iowa. I know that you've been watching them because this is typically the basketball team that you're always watching when it comes to the big tournament. But like, let's look at recent history, like 2013, 2014. Remember when you guys started 19 and 6? Yeah, you ended 20 and 12. Yeah, then later on, two years later, you guys started 19 and 4. You finished 21 and 10. I mean, and, and then I, I think there was another season where you guys had something similar like that. But, like, this is just where I see you guys are trending again. You guys started 12 and 2 this year, and now you have this 1 and 4 spell. You guys are dropping to what? 13 and 6, 13 and 7, something like that right now. I don't, I don't know. It, it's just concerning because when you look at historic trends, this is the same thing that Iowa does every time that they get bounced early in the tournament. So for you, I understand. I think it's that personal bias thing. But this is if I'm going to go by history and by what I see in front of me, by what's been happening recently, I just can't see – I just don't see them going maybe even past the second round right now. Okay, but that's the thing also you have to, you know, agree with. Yeah, they're kind of in a slump because they live or die from the three. I'm going to be honest. When I watch them, they are 10th right now in the NCAA with 39.6% as a team. And, I mean, they're shooting 40%. That's pretty darn good. And, you know, a lot of times it it is, like I've been saying, uh, live or die by the three. But the thing is, you can catch hot. This is their down. This is the little slump they're going to have so that they can peak at the correct moment. You say we still got, what, Rutgers, Michigan State, Ohio State, in Michigan coming down the yeah, road. Michigan, uh, yeah, Wisconsin a couple times. Exactly. Like, if we beat those teams, three of them are ranked right there. If, yeah, if we're we're going to be I'm putting us saying, back Those aren't easy guaranteed wins. Those are not guaranteed wins. I, but I'm saying if they get the dubs, like, that's going to help my case that I was definitely this force to be reckoned with. Like, okay. they can okay. compete with anybody in NCAA. It's just what team's going to show up. Is it the team that we've been seeing lately, the one and four squad, or is it going to be that – Hot team that we know when Joe Wiscamp goes 15 points, six rebounds. He shoots 50 and 39, 50% from the field, 49% from three point. Or Jobo, which I know Jobo, um, Jordan Bohannon, um, kind of fell off of his injury last year. Like he's averaging 10 points. If they can go hit that average plus a little bit more, this team's going to go beat those teams down the road. And I'm beyond excited because they have a great opportunity to prove themselves that, hey, this March Madness tournament, you better put our name 
uh, in that elite eight final four category. Okay. And I'll give you, I'll give you that, that if you, if they go against these teams that I just mentioned and they win and they win most of those games, obviously, obviously. Yeah. Okay. That could quiet, that would quiet some concerns. Yeah. I'll give you that. But what happens if they go three and two or two and three in those games or like, or I don't know, two and five, I don't know what happens if they lose those games or a majority of those games. And I understand what you're talking about when you're talking about Iowa's offense and the fact that they're living live or die by the three. Is that necessarily a good thing though? Like this isn't the pros where they're going to be hitting it at the same type of clip as they do in the NBA, because everybody that makes it the NBA is a shooter technically um, if they're shooting threes consistently. And then another thing that concerns me with Iowa is again, it's kind of something that you mentioned. Like you said, they need to improve a little bit on the defensive end. Like they, they are give up a lot of points. Yeah, they are the top ranked. Like one of the top. I don't know if they're the top, the top ranked, but I know they're one of the top ranked offenses in the country. Um, but yeah, when it comes uh, to defense, third for points per game. I, and talking about that player of the year, you already know he's going to be in the contention. If not the number one guy, Luca Garza has to play with that. Uh, mentality and hopefully teams do double them to get those wide open threes. I have it a better percentage of it going in. But, uh, you know, my last thing about Iowa is I'm super excited for the, you know, journey they do have ahead of them, the challenge they do. And you also got to throw a shout out to podcast favorite recurring guest, Austin Ash. Um, he's been splashing threes and he's such a big benchergy guy that when he's on the bench, he's always the first one jumping up, hyping it up, hyping the guys up after they hit a three, et cetera. So, I mean, just all around, I mean, even their bench is exciting to watch when they come on. And it's always, you know, a fun story that, you know, we got to interview him on this as well. But, uh, you know, I had to throw out Iowa very first tier when we talk in college basketball. Hey, of course. And I understand that. And, of course, it's awesome when we're able to represent people that we were that we had on the podcast. So, of course, big shout out to Austin. Um, it's awesome to be able to have Division One players on the podcast and let alone be able to see what he's out there representing, showing, hyping up his teammates, being a good team, uh, team member. I mean, it's awesome. So. Love all that, but again, I, I have to be the skeptic on the sh- on the podcast and say that I, while I'm with you and understand that they have big time players, they have um, the possibility to do something. It's just historic trends are going to be big for me on this one, and they tend to be consistent when it comes to it. So, um, moving on from that, let's talk about some other teams in the top ten. So we had a few um, when I was looking at it. One second. Let me get my list out. You want to go ahead and talk about your next team while I get my list out? Of course. Um, I really do. You know, as we're talking college basketball, we got to talk about the undefeated number one team, Gonzaga, the Zags. Uh, they did beat Iowa earlier this year. I remember I was actually watching that game a lot. And, I mean, their team isn't, like, too flashy. They're just good. It's one of those things, like, I forget the exact phrase you say it, but they're going to be number one until somebody beats them. You know, you got to believe them until they beat them. And uh, the big things I was just looking at them is they lead the NCAA in scoring at 93 points, like 93 points in the, you know, college basketball is a ton of points, uh, Mr. Yank. But the thing is their leading score only has 19 points per game. And that's Drew Timmy. I probably said his name wrong. Uh, the sophomore um, forward. And he also has 7.2 rebounds a game in one block. But like for your leading score to only have 19 points and your team averages 93 that just shows that this Gonzaga team is deep, like for scoring, that everyone's a, a potential scorer. And it obviously shows because after 20 games, they're scoring 90 points a game. So, I mean, Gonzaga is very hot. They shoot 35% from three, 55% from, you know, the field. So, I mean, Gonzaga is a force to be reckoned with. They're obviously going to be the undisputed number one 
um, and I'm going to steal your line, you know, they're going to be number one until somebody beats them, you know, whatever that line may be. But uh, I'm kind of hyping up Gonzaga here. I mean, they're going to be a fan favorite. Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm big on Gonzaga. I, I believe that they are, when you look at them as a team, I believe that they're unstoppable in the paint. I mean, they, they really cannot. I mean, they what? They've made 80% of their baskets and some of the games that they've had this year inside the three point line. Like that's, that's crazy. I've never seen stats like that in basketball, no matter who their opponent was. I think the one game I'm referencing was against Pepperdine or something, but still (laughs) um, like, like the fact that they're putting up stats like that in division one is crazy. And then on top of that, like they have the fifth most efficient defense in the country as of right now. Um, I think that might be a little bit inflated, yeah. But at the same time, like, if they're going to be able to be that dominant and physical on the interior on offense and then turn around and um, define, like, have that be the same backbone that they have on defense, like, it makes them a very, very formidable opponent to go against. Now, I will say that a team like Gonzaga, like, because they're so big inside and they're so dominant in the, in the paint and things like that, teams like your Iowa team, like those teams that can get hot from three point, that's going to be a, a, a weakness of theirs that they're going to have to figure out to deal with. And they might have to deal with that when they get into the tournament tournament. But to me, that's really the only weakness that I've really seen. True. Look at so, I, I mean, uh, moving forward, I'm with you. I think that they're number one until proven otherwise. Um, but if there is a weakness, I really feel like it's just the fact that they got to do something about a perimeter shooting team that gets hot. No, exactly what you're saying. My kind of like little last take, I don't want to stay on them too long because you just like you said, like that is maybe their only weakness and they're such a strong team, you know, good depth and whatnot. Corey Kispert, I know I say a lot of these names wrong because, you know, we don't watch college basketball as much. But uh, number 24, he's the senior there. He's a great leader at 19 points per game with four rebounds. And it's really nice to have two guys at your head front that can score 19 and they're your two head honchos. When you have two, you know, a two-headed dragon out there scoring 19 points plus, your team's going to be in pretty good shape to win some basketball games. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, and then on top of that, we've got another team. Obviously, we got Baylor, who yeah. is, would be the other team that I would really look for if you're talking about favorites right now. And they're they're just in general, they're they're lethal. I mean, we're talking about three point shooting with Iowa. Well, they lead the nation at it. Yep, they're shooting they do. almost four. Yeah, it's what almost like 45 percent. Yeah, like holy crap, that's crazy. And they got six players that are that go out and shoot three, four times a game. I want to say like they spread the ball around. They're shooting accurately. Their offense is just incre- it's it's incredibly lethal. Like they they have people inside that'll go and get their rebounds and blocks. Uh, with Mark Vitel, Jonathan, I don't I don't even know how to pronounce their names either. Chikama, <laughs> but either way. I know they got guys inside that can get some offensive rebounds and some blocks as well. So, like, this is a team that can play defense. This is a team that can spread the ball around on offense and has multiple playmakers. They are very dangerous, and this is a team that, again, if you're going to talk about somebody that's compete with Gonzaga or the best of them, and in your eyes, Iowa, for instance, this is one of those teams. Yes, I had Baylor written down as well as a team to watch out for. 17-0, I mean, haven't lost yet. They're, you know, lethal, like you've been saying. 44% from downtown. Woo! That's a hot percentage right there. And they're shooting 50% from the field as well. I mean, that's why they're the fourth leading team uh, for points per game at 87 points. And, you know, kind of same thing. Uh, Jared Butler's their leading scorer with 17 points per game, the junior. 
And that just shows how well their defense can be played. Um, when your leading scores only 17, that means their defense is pretty darn good. And uh, there's a lot of people who can shoot the basketball so they can spread the wealth. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, ball movement is key. Ball movement is everything, especially when you're playing in college ball where fundamentals and getting – game plan and everything is honestly a little bit more important because the talent pool is a little bit more diverse. Not as many people are going to be just super and superstar and that can take over games all the time. So I'm with you. I think that makes them even more dangerous than a, the typical team. Yes. And then uh, I'm going to talk about the actually three ranked team. I want to talk about these three teams because they all are all a little bit different. And that is uh, Michigan at 14 and one. Uh, one of the maybe people say the big 10 favorite, um, but here's what I saw when I was looking at this team. Uh, you have, you know, their leading scorer, Isaiah Livers, for 15 points per game, six rebounds. You know, he's super efficient, 49% from the field, 45% from three-point. Like, he is definitely making himself a name during his senior year. But the person I kind of – I got giddy. I got giddy inside. And it's for a team I, you know, uh, prefer not to watch as much. Number one, Hunter Dickinson. 15 points a game, 7.7 rebounds, 1.7 blocks per game, 66% shooting, field goal. And he's seven foot one and a freshman. Mister says he a freshman at seven foot one. Oh, only people can dream about seven foot freshman coming in and balling out like the way Hunter Dickinson is doing. Uh, I, this is definitely a name I'm going to circle. I'm going to watch. I want to see how this freshman thrives in March Madness as he's playing against those lower ranked teams in March Madness. And I'm beyond excited to watch this kid play. Not necessarily Michigan, but this kid just because his stats can show it, his efficiency shows it. And he's a freshman at seven one. Like that's that's something to get excited about. I mean, yeah. I mean, when you get the genetics and the free, freaks of nature, and I don't mean to say that in a bad way at all, but I mean that's that's just God given. That's gifted. I, I don't really know what else to say about that. But seven foot one as a freshman, of course, that's exciting to watch. And then, of course, Michigan is the number three ranked team in the country. They are a good team in general. Um, they have one of the best defenses in the country, I would say, uh, on the interior as well, uh, kind of up there with Gonzaga, kind of up there with uh, the Virginia, who also has a good interior defense, I would say. But um, on top of that, they've been shooting a pretty good percentage this year. They've got, like you said, what was his name? Isaiah, you yeah, said? Isaiah um, Livers, yeah. Yeah, Livers. Uh, but, yeah, so he's he's been having a great year as well. Um, the only thing that worries me is kind of like similar to what I said about Iowa is that they have a lot, a big bulk of their schedule still remaining against their kind of like top teams. Like, for instance, they're the, they're the first place team in the Big Ten. You'd expect them to have a bunch of quality wins under their belt, and I, I just really haven't seen it so far. The only thing that I think they have is one game where they smoked Wisconsin when they were playing at home. Like, that was a big win, obviously. But at the same time, like, they got pummeled at Minnesota. They struggled when they were on the road against Wisconsin. Like, they haven't played Iowa. They haven't played Illinois. They haven't played Ohio State. So, I, I'm just still kind of waiting to see for them. I know that they're being ranked three. You, you're not going to be ranked three for not having quality players or being labeled a quality team. But I'm just waiting to see that quality be actually tested. And that's one thing, you know, similar to Iowa, like you were saying. Like, it is whoever rises up to the challenge because, I mean – there's five teams in the top 25. That's one, you know, 25% or, oh, I'm really off of my 20% of the teams in the <laughs> rankings there. Sorry, math is hard. Um, that is Big Ten teams. So, I mean, Big Ten basketball is something, you know, 
enjoyable to watch there. So, I mean, the the competition is great. So, it's going to be really to see um, – they're going to be ranked really high, whoever comes out with more wins there towards the uh, end of the season. Or, end of, yeah, before March Madness. Yeah, absolutely. Now, with March Madness, I'm not 100% sure exactly how they're doing it just yet. I know that they're probably going to come out with clarifications and some extra safety measures and whatever else. But it's being bubbled in, what, Indianapolis or something? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I want to say – Indianapolis, which sounds which sounds like it would be correct to me because I feel like that's a big uh, focal center, like focal point, big business center for athletics, uh, not just high school, but also college. So um, I would not doubt that. But when we get more details on that, I'm sure we'll talk about that as that gets closer. But um, we're getting down to it, man. Like a few more weeks, we're going to be talking some one of the most exciting tournaments in sports that we love to watch every year, and we didn't get it last year. So, you know, it's almost like cabin fever at this point. It is, yes. I totally agree with you. It's always fun filling out the brackets. I don't know if I found two or three. I know we make little big groups that people want to do. Maybe we'll do something here on the Mickey's Dizzy podcast where you can fill out your bracket. Whoever wins the March Madness Mickey's Dizzy podcast, we'll come up with something for you all to fill out your brackets. You send us a screenshot, and we'll all record it for you. But, uh, Beyond excited, I know I'm going to be playing it um, everywhere I go. Well, you get to watch all the games. It's really awesome that the NCAA does that for us, or whoever controls that app does it for us. Absolutely. Now, before we move on, is there anything that you wanted to get some final shots at, final takes on college basketball? Um, no final takes, but I do have a public service announcement, Mr. Zizzy. Exactly. I wanted to make sure we got to it before we went into NBA yeah, anyway. Exactly. Go ahead. Before we get to the NBA, we are doing another gift card giveaway, but this time I'm going to show you the rules. We got to shout out Daniel Brown for giving back his gift card. He said, you know what, y'all keep it, y'all hype us up enough, give it back to uh, the podcast. So we want to shout out Daniel Brown so that we can do this again. Here are the four rules. You must click on the link, link on the below, and listen for the code word. You already listened to this podcast, so here's the code word. The code word is B, 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 because we're going to be talking all Big Baller brand here in the next segment on the Mickey Zizzy podcast. So, uh, send code to Mickey or Zizzy. You can snap. You can text us anything you'd like. DM us the uh, letters B, B, B. Next, you have to post a picture of your screen on social media platform and tag three of your friends, and it cannot be one of us. Once we see that picture and those three people tagged, you must have the final rule is one person must repost your post out of the three. Let me say that again, y'all. You post that picture on social media saying, go listen to the Mickey's Izzy podcast, spreading positivity. And if one of those three people repost it, you're entered to win the gift card. We're still talking rule. Uh, we might go 25. We might go 35, uh, depending on how many people are entered. But those are kind of the four rules to really get you all to spread the positivity on the Mickey's Izzy podcast. Absolutely. Just want to make sure that we keep giving back to you guys in every way. Obviously. Um, I know it's just a small gift card, small small things that we can do to help. Anything that we can do, obviously, is what we want to do. So I uh, hope you guys can, like we said, repost it. Every uh, get Make sure that they repost it. Tag all your friends, tag your three friends, and make sure that uh, you DM, DM us the special code word. And again, it is BBB, Big Baller Brand. That's what we're going to be talking about here in a second. So speaking of that. If we are going to be getting into it here in a second, let's talk. Let's talk NBA. And with the NBA, there's storylines, Mickey, that we've got to cover. But if we're just starting out on the topic, let's let's get to the players that are just starting out with their careers and those and that big baller brand. Let's talk. 
the NBA rookies? What you what? Who is it that is really standing out to you? Like, obviously, there's the one that we're going to emphasize with Lamelo Ball, but I don't know. Do you want to touch on any other people? I will talk a little bit on Anthony Edwards just because I want to talk about the blasphemous take Minnesota went with him instead of a Lamelo Ball. I'm very passionate. I finally got his jersey, Buzz City. Um, rise up, Charlotte. But uh, you know, I'm gonna start with my man Lamelo Ball, BBB or Puma. So he decided how to sound Puma, but like BBB is still, you know, his brand at heart. But Yank, he's leading all rookies in every statistic in basketball. He is having 14 and a half points per game, six rebounds, and six of six, uh, six assists. Um, that's amazing with 1.5 steals per game. I know his turnovers have been kind of up there. Uh, more than he would like, but he's also shooting 35% from uh, – disregard that. I didn't write that on that fully. But come on now. <laughs> this Hornets team a year ago was 23-42. and 42. They were in the 10th seed. And now they are 13-15. and 15. Granted, still a losing record, but they are the 6th seed right now. The Hornets are. And they're only 10 wins away from getting just as many wins as they had last year, all because they added LaMelo and a great – I'd say a good player, Gordon Hayward. Um, the final thing I got to say about this guy, he is so fun to watch from his lobs to miles bridges. That connection is unreal. His full court passes, his dribble moves into a three. Here's the meme. Yank ESPN bleacher report. They all were hyping up Zion last year. It's the meme of Andy dropping Woody. I don't want to play with you anymore. And now Lamelo is their new superstar. That is sports center's new favorite. The city is hyped up for the BBB. Come on, Yank. You got to give it to him. The rookie of the year, LaMelo Ball. Yeah, uh, there's no question here. The rookie of the year, especially as long, barring some catastrophic, I'll find some wood here. I'm not even going to finish the sentence, but like barring anything catastrophic or awful, this guy's going to win rookie of the year. I mean, like you said, he leads in every major statistical category from the flashy passes to the steals to the rebounds. Yes, you know what I mean? Like, he moves into a starting role. He, like you said, 14 points per game, six rebounds, six assists. Uh, crap. Like the, the past week, he's been going 18 points per game and eight rebounds with six assists. Like he's he been falling. Yeah, he's been absolutely incredible. I mean, they've, they're getting to the point, And like you said, ESPN, I don't want to play with you anymore. It's kind of crazy because Zion, Zion's still out there breaking records. He just got to the point to where he was the youngest uh, youngest NBA player to play his first 50 games and have twenty over 23 points per game and a 60% shooting percentage. Like, he's doing incredible things. But it's just hard when you have a rookie – that is doing the things that he is that Lamella Ball is doing at the age that he's doing. I mean, like when you are the youngest player to post a triple double, that that says a lot. Especially when you're the ball handler, when you're the starting point guard, when you're running around making the plays for everybody else. That that is it's noticeable. It's a big, it's a big big thing for somebody at his at his age at this time in his career to be able to go out and do the things that he's been able to do. So it has been incredible to watch. Um, his co- the confidence is breeding excellence. Uh, they're getting to the point to where I don't know, like like ESPN's asking him who his dream team would be if he's growing up at this point. And he's including himself in it, so you know you know he's feeling himself as he's going out there playing every game. Yeah, Yank, and I'm just gonna say like with the Zion too. I know Shaq didn't even do that. It was on one of the last games the Pelicans were playing. Like Zion is still balling out himself and having a great sophomore year for him, but like. LaMelo is, you know, he has that swag. We've been anticipating this his entire life, ever since he was a freshman in high school, going to Lithuania, all that jazz, which I touched on. 
earlier on. He's really living up to that hype, I would say. And then you look on Anthony Edwards, the uh, first overall pick for Minnesota. They're 7-20, and 20, nothing too great. I think Carl Anthony Towns is better than Gordon Hayward, and that's one of Anthony Edwards' teammates. He has 14 points a game, Yank. That's, that's good. But three yeah. rebounds and two yeah. assists, I mean, that's just, I think, too big of a difference to consider yourself against LaMelo Ball. So, I mean, Anthony Edwards is going to have a good career. I think he's kind of he's, – he's rolling with it. But uh, it's it's night and day between those two. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, statistically, it's really not the craziest difference. I mean, obviously, there's still some more assists, some more rebounds. Like, he, um, LaMelo Ball has been a more complete player. Um, but – I mean, I can sit here and say that, like, I, I, I did say that Anthony Edwards is going to get picked number one when we did the predictions. I, I was able to stand by that. But uh, when I look at his game, I think there's definitely some uh, positives to take yeah. out of it. Like, I think that his, obviously his role ha- is going to increase and has conti- it has been increasing. But now that D'Angelo Russell is going to be out with injury for four to six weeks with his knee, um, we're going to see some increased usage from Anthony Edwards. Um and there has been good – there's been good signs when he stepped in that starting role. Like, he only has 32 assists and nine turnovers as a starter. As a starter. So, I, I think the confidence – I think it will give him some confidence moving forward to see some more playing time. Um, he just dropped had, – had that 28-point game with 10 points in the fourth quarter against the defending champ Lakers the other night. So, obviously, he's continuing to improve. And like you said, the stats are still kind of there. Um, it's just – it's just when it comes to him, it's not everything's not as impactful, you know. Like when Lamelo Ball makes a play, it, it, it's impactful. It's like I don't know if it's the flair that he does it with, or if it's just the consistent consistency. Like we we haven't been seeing Anthony Edwards go out and drop triple doubles. So you know what I'm saying when it comes to stat line, just being more impactful. Yes. But that that's kind of just what I see when when uh, the difference between those two right now. I, I guess you could say. It's night and day, even though the stats wouldn't say that. But I'll, I'll agree with you there. I'll agree with you there. Exactly. You know, that's how I, start, I had to do the start of this thing. We're calling the NBA catch-up. Um, we're always going to, you know, now I'll be watching a lot of basketball, a lot of NBA. But, uh, Yank, what team would you like to talk about? What storyline? What's take? Uh, I'm I'm ready for You it. know, there's a, there's a lot. There's a lot. And before I'll – before I skip over the rookies, I'll, I'll shout out a couple more for you. Pa- uh, Peyton Pritchard, I know you love him with the oh, yeah. with the C's something over there. Role Solid role player. I thought he's been contributing. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton for the yes, Kings. Yes, he's Just a couple. Yes, yes, been a solid, consistent contributor, averaging twelve, five, and five. Like. That's solid coming out for a rookie, especially on a Kings team that nobody really expected much from. So I um, wanted to shout out those two as well. I thought those were two solid names that came out of the draft. But you're right. There's so many storylines. There's so many different teams to talk about. But why don't we talk about, in my opinion, the hottest team in the league right now, and that would be the Utah Jazz. Yep. You, know, you know, when we talk about the Utah Jazz, this is a team – uh, obviously, when, we, when we're looking at the West, we're going to talk the Lakers. You can talk the Clippers, whatever else. You can talk the the players that are in the West, like Damian Lillard and Luka and all the other players on the other teams. But nobody wants to talk about the Utah Jazz. Yet this team has won 19 out of their last 20 games. Like They have number one record in the Western Conference and in the NBA. Like They only have five losses on the season. They're, what, 23-5, and five, I want to say right now, or something like that. But still, like – Twenty-two and five, yeah. Unless they won last year. Yeah, twenty-two and five, but still, like, this is a team that moving forward, especially. I'm not going to sit here and say that they 
are going to continue to play at this clip, but if they are able to, like, this is a team that interests me. This is a team that can be dangerous. Like, seven, not only did they win 19 out of the last 20 games, but 17 of those wins were by double digits. Like, that's a that's NBA record set. Like, that, we've never seen that before in NBA history. Um, so it's, it's pretty crazy, but it's just a team that we shouldn't take for granted. Like I know that they didn't make it out of the first round last year, but everyone forgets that first round matchup was against the Denver Nuggets <laughs> who went and beat the Clippers and then ended up playing in the Western conference finals against the Lakers. And that first round matchup against the Nuggets went to game seven and Donovan Mitchell was dropping 36 points per game in that series. So like these guys can play with the best of them. They still can play defense on top of that. Um, they've got Rudy Gobert down low. They've got Mike Conley. Donovan Mitchell himself can obviously still play defense. Like this is a team that can do it on both sides of the ball, and we've been able to see that over the last twenty games. I'm really happy you brought up the Jazz because I do have a lot to say about this team. And you are right; like they're hot, and they're continuing that hot streak from the bubble. They're one of the hottest teams I think in the bubble, just from like points scored and whatnot. Like we said, it was a first. Uh, round bounce up, but the Nuggets were the other hot team along with the Phoenix Suns. Like, those three teams are the teams to watch in the bubble, and it's really cool to, you know, see, and that's that comparison that we are making here. And, uh, yes, they are the number one, you know, new hot team right now. But uh, here's the thing, Yank. I'm going to make this comparison. They will choke in the playoffs. I think they're peaking too soon, and other teams will figure out how to beat this 22-5 and team Utah Jazz. And here's the reason why. They are similar to two teams, and they are similar to the, uh, who is it, 2014-2015 Atlanta Hawks. They were the number one seed. They were hot. They went 16-22. Josh Smith, Kyle Korver, Al Horford in his prime. Paul Millsap more towards his prime. Okay, this team was good. Everyone type it up. Josh Smith was that dude. I started playing with him in 2K. But when they played the Wizards, and I think they beat the Wizards, okay? Nothing too crazy. John Wall was still a little bit younger at okay. that time. Yeah. And then they beat the Nets. They had old Kevin Garnett and Joe Johnson. Now, Joe Johnson I loved, and Kevin Garnett was out of this prime. Come on, that was an easy win for the Hawks. And then they get swept by that Cavs team. Granted, that Cavs team was very good. But the I just feel like they're very comparable here for those two teams. And I'm just talking about like what the Hawks ended up doing. And I don't even think the Utah Jazz are going to do what the Hawks did. But the thing that can help them out is uh, how they've been playing as a team. And if they do get outplayed by like those better teams. Rudy Gobert, 14 points on 63% shooting, which is phenomenal, and 13, point, uh, 13 rebounds per game. A 14-13 guy, you're going to take that out of your center. Then you have Donovan Mitchell, who we think is, you know, he leads, he has that swagger, he's being that player that the Utah Jazz needs with 24 points and five assists. And then you have uh, Mike Conley, 16 points a game, six assists. Um, What? Okay. Jordan Clarkson coming alive, 17 points a game. Bojan Bogdanovic, however you say his name, crazy name, 15 points a game. Yank, this team is yeah, also they, very similar. The board. Yeah, this team is similar to that 1993 Suns team that went and played against Michael uh, Jordan. And they had four people scoring over 15 points a game. This is similar to that Utah Jazz team. They had one, two, three, four, five, six dudes scoring over you know 12 points a game, and that's what this Utah Jazz team is doing. And that just shows how much of a depth team they are and that no one player is going to be their superstar. So can they keep that consistently from the entire depth? Maybe. But if not, Donovan Mitchell, I think, can really thrive and be that player. So, I mean, I'm kind of hyping them up. I'm kind of not because I just have this, have this gut feeling, Yank, that the Utah Jazz are going to be super hot. 
and, uh, you know, be that number one team going into the playoffs, you know, so on, so on. But we'll see. Um, I know I gave you a whole bunch right there, but I'm, you know, excited to see which Utah Jazz team we will see um, moving forward. Yeah, and I think that's a, I mean, that's a big thing to point out is the fact that this is so early. Like, they've won, we're talking about them winning 19 out of 20 games, but this is within the first 30 games of the season. It's a 70-game season, yeah, so I mean. Yeah, it's a 70-game season, so it's a little bit more accelerated, but even so, we're still not even to the all-star break yet, and I'm with you. Maybe they are peaking too early. Maybe they are just ahead are picking up where they left off because they were a playoff team last year that was playing well in the playoff round that they got to have against the Nuggets. So um, I'm not going to say that they can't be competitive, but I'm with you in the fact that I don't think that this team will be there at the end or will have what it takes, but that's, that's nothing against them or the talent that they or the talent they have, or maybe it is against the talent they have, but either way, like it's just because of what other teams possess. Like, the Lakers are the defending champs, and if Anthony Davis is healthy or anything, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but if if he's healthy, like why would we not assume that the Lakers could beat them in a seven-game series with the championship pedigree that they have? Why wouldn't we assume that the Clippers, who are hungrier than uh, – who should be even hungrier than this year after last year, could come back and end up beating them in a seven-game series? Why wouldn't we think that the Nuggets, who did it to them last year, couldn't come back and do it? So, like, even with them being as hot as they are, I'm with you. I, I, it's hard for me. While I can sit here and acknowledge how great they've played, it's hard for me to take do anything to put like put them over the hump or say that they could um, accomplish the impossible against some of these other teams at this point. It's not. It's it's just I personally don't see it. I don't know if it's the fact that I don't think that Donovan Mitchell is a big enough star to take the, this team all that all that way or. What I mean, maybe they could do that 1993 Phoenix Suns run if they continue to play the way they are right now. But uh, I just, I just personally don't see it. And that's what I said. Like this is that gut feeling. I just have that gut feeling, and I want to see them. Well, I'm, I'm a fan of the Utah Jazz. I like watching them play. But I, I, I just love some jazz, some smooth yeah. jazz. Yeah, some smooth jazz. But. I'm with you. And with that being said, we can kind of look to the other teams in the Western Conference for why I don't think they would make it. One of those teams would, like I said, be the Lakers. I mean, that's the defending champs. Um, they're still the team to be, in my opinion. Um, and I would say that that is going to depend on if Anthony Davis is going to be fully healthy that moving Achilles. forward to the season. Yeah. Achilles are scary, are scary injuries, especially when it starts having a one problem like that. You never know if it's really ever going to be fully healed the rest of the season. Um, you just are worried every time that he goes up for the rest of the season that if he lands, it's gonna something could tear or something like that. Um, it's 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 I don't expect to see Anthony Davis until after the All Star break. Let's just say that. Um, aside from that, though, even with him being out, the Lakers have a twenty-two and seven record, They're second in the West. Um, LeBron's in his eighteenth season and is continuing to do things that'll put him in MVP conversations. So. Um, I, I just the, if in my opinion the Lakers all they did was get better like they're the only they're one of the only teams in the league that can be comp- that at any give on any given night can be completely dom- dominant on not just offense but also defense and that's a big thing in the NBA you have to be able to be good on both sides of the floor which um, 
maybe maybe that'll be proven wrong this year with a team like the Brooklyn Nets or something. And I know we had the Warriors back in the day, but even the Golden State Warriors had good defensive players. They had Draymond Green, they had Andre Iguodala, they had Clay Thompson. Like those are players that could lock down on defense. So um, I just think that championship championship teams will end up having both. And why not think that the defending champs with Montrez Harrell now, with Dennis Schroeder, with um, potentially uh, a fully healthy AD if he comes back? Like, why, why couldn't they be um, the team to beat? Um, a lot to digest there. And, yeah, first off with that injury with yeah, Anthony Davis, um, we saw what Kevin Durant did two years ago when he tried to play through that Achilles slash calf. And he, he lost a season of his career um, for due to that injury. So I fear the Lakers, shoot, don't play until playoffs. I mean, you do not want to risk Anthony Davis wow. against your huge benefit. They're going to they, make it. They're going to make it. Yeah. Okay, they'd be a yeah, fifth. Yeah, they'll make it. They'd yeah, LeBron, they'll, they'll make it. You know, they'll make it with them. Yeah, they'll make it, and you still have to look at your other, you know, you still have Dennis Schroeder. You still have Mark Gasol. Like, you still have Kuz, Montrez Harrell, you know, Caruso. Like, this team is still good. We forgot all the pieces the Lakers went and got, you know, yeah, after they yeah. won a championship, like, but the thing is, I'm going to look at what they've done lately. And Dennis Schroeder, you know, when they lost that game against the Nuggets um, two games ago, he only had eight points and Marcus only had five. But you cannot be looking at that and be like, oh, they're bad. Look at these stats, da-da-da-da-da. Because without Anthony Davis, they went and played the Timberwolves. Granted, we know the Timberwolves. We talked about them earlier. Dennis Schroeder went for 24 points. Marcus all had 11 and five, you know. Um, who else? You know, I'm just looking down. Montrose Harrell had 17 and six off the bench, like, Right there, Yank shows like the potential of these players. They can play up to that potential without Anthony Davis. And I'm interested to see what the Lakers to do. But I just hate that people are saying like LeBron doesn't have a team. Like, are you kidding me? Dennis Schroeder was he's 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 an elite player. Marcus oh, yeah, no, solid they, like center. Said, yeah. He's gonna give you solid yeah. minutes. I mean, he shoots constantly from you know six percent. And I'm not gonna hit on LeBron James here. I mean, he is playing very, very well for especially in his 18th year. We've talked about the longevity of players um, in every sport with the science and the actual um, keying in on their nutrition and taking care of their bodies. But uh, LeBron's being LeBron. He's taking some, you know, taking a lead there. Sometimes he shoots from the logo and air balls like he did last night. But, like, he's still <laughs> yeah. playing really well, and I cannot hate on him. I don't think he's MVP caliber because, you know, Joel Embiid and uh, Jokic are playing really well. But uh, mm-hmm. he might sneak it in there just in case, you know, if the Lakers get hot without Anthony Davis. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of why I was bringing up. I said anything, even MVP caliber or race or anything like that, is because if Anthony Davis is out, that only boosts his like that. That will only boost everything in the yes. public eyes for him because obviously he's already so lauded over in the eyes of the public that if now if they're everyone's saying the Lakers continue to win games without Anthony Davis and he's going out putting up 25, 30 points like he's been doing, then, yeah, obviously people will throw him in that conversation. Um, I've, I understand, though, what you're saying with the Lakers, uh, especially with – like, it's kind of similar to what I said. Like, they do have a good team. Like, people do need to understand that just because Anthony Davis is out does not mean that they are a bad team. Now, do they need Anthony Davis to win the championship? I believe that, 100%. Now, do they need um, – him to make the playoffs do they need him to be a quality team no not not at all and we've seen we've seen lebron do more with much less and this team is like you said dennis schroeder who's a great talent montrez harold mark gasol who's a former um all nba team a member like you've got great 
Kyle Kuzma. You've got great talent around you. Um, so I, I don't think that they're going to have any issue whether AD plays or not. But when it comes down to playoffs and them going after a championship, they're going to need all the help that they can get. And that's going to be in the form of AD. So uh, that's that for me on the Lakers. you want to touch up on them or nope. keep going? Keep on going. All right. All right, who else you want to go in the West? If anything, I could maybe talk the Warriors. I mean, I could talk Luke. I could talk basketball all day, but you give me a you give me a team. Of course. Um, got to shout out real quick another the other brother, uh, the BBB brother, um, Lonzo Ball's team, the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, nothing really too much to say here. The twelve, the twelfth seed, the kind of typically where they were last year. We already talked about Zion, how he's becoming elite and bullying kids. Um, Brandon Ingram's, you know, that's last year. He's leading the team. Uh, no, Zion leads the points, but uh, Bandit Ingram still playing at the all-star caliber. Um, and they're just – they need a leader, and that isn't as flash. You know, kind of like a Donovan Mitchell where you know he's going to take over a game. Brandon Ingram kind of does that. But, like, I look at Lonzo, 13-4-4. Four, and four, Like, he's playing a little bit lower than his brother Lamelo right now. Um, you know, they do have Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball who are more ball, like, passers. But I, you know, I look at Brandon Ingram. I don't think he can lead that squad. But uh, it's interesting to see if the Pelicans can maybe pull off that eight seed. I know the Warriors are eight with fourteen and thirteen. Steph Curry, full respect to my man's name. Steph Curry is back in full force with you know Clay hurt all that jazz. And they have the rookie Wiseman down there and Draymond Green coming off that really cool statement. I know I saw your tweet about it, but uh, they're not too far away from the Warriors. But that's sad with the Warriors with Steph Curry is an eight seed. Like that's gonna be tough to come back from. Yeah, I mean, with the Warriors itself, I had mentioned that a little bit, but what what Steph Curry has been able to come out and do, like this is, in a way, this is this is 2016 Steph Curry. It is. Like if you're, talking, if you're talking stats wise and everything else, this is the same thing. Like this is the same feeling I get to where if I see the Warriors game on or if I see a Warriors game, uh, highlights pop on ESPN or Sports Center, like you stop what you're doing to watch because you have no idea. What- <laughs> what Steph Curry's about to do. Like, it's that type of feeling again this year. So that's been really exciting to watch. Uh, they have those young pieces around him with Andrew Wiggins, with J- uh, James Wiseman down low. You've got Draymond, like, who's obviously doing much more than just playing the game right now. And we talked about that with his, uh, uh, with his rant the other day. But still, there's a lot going on with the Warriors. And it'd be, it's just, it just sucks to think that Clay can't play. Because if he could... If he could, it's a it's a whole different team, man. And I just I don't know what to what to think because it's been so long since we've seen Clay Thompson come back. I mean, since we've seen Clay Thompson play, he's had two extremely serious injuries. Will he come back the same player? I'd love to hope so, and I think so. Um, but I, it's just. But yeah, um, as great as the Warriors have been, as great as Steph Curry's been, I just think it's kind of unfortunate because until they get Clay back, they're just they can cause havoc in the first round, maybe, maybe, but they're they're just they're a year away. Yeah, and I was looking back at you know the stats for Steph Curry it was thirty six, twenty seven, forty points. I mean, against you know solid teams like the Cavs, we've seen them compete with people and against the Nets, but I mean. Steph Curry's one of those points is really stinks for, you know, us not seeing Clay um, out there to help him out. Because if he had any bit of help, like, with Clay, I think this Warriors team would be not a 15-13 and 13 ball club. Yeah, no, they'd be they'd – be, we'd be looking at this team talking about can they be the number one seed this season. So, uh, we'll see what happens moving forward. Obviously, they'll be competitive. I think they'll make the playoffs, and they could cause trouble, like I said, in the playoffs for somebody. 
Um, but as far as like being a true championship contender, just not yet as great as Steph Curry is. I just don't think it's going to be enough to carry the whole team. Yeah, I totally uh, agree with you on that. You know, it just stinks because he's playing so well. Yeah, I mean, but we've seen in some of these other games, even like he dropped over 50 points the other night in a loss. Like, it's the same thing. (laughs) In a way, what we're seeing from Steph Curry right now is kind of what we've seen from Damian Lillard his entire career. Which is that? Which is almost upsetting to say because Damian yep. Lillard's an incredible player, but just just look at the stats that that put, that that guy has put up every year, and then where the results usually fall for the team. It's not it's not on him. It's just the fact that at some point you're going against multiple superstars or multiple people that have experience or pedigree. Like it just at at the end of the day, it, it wins out. So it's unfortunate, but. We'll see what happens with them moving forward. It's just for now, they're just exciting to watch. Also, another team exciting to watch going, switching over conferences, the Nets. How about them Nets? Oh, um, of course. Yeah. This is the kind of the last thing we'll talk about. Surprisingly, we're not talking about the Seas, but, you know, this is my last thing I want to talk about because I'll be talking about Celtics um, later on. <laughs> um, like I said earlier, 2K, we could not have made this trade happen. Kevin Nate, Kyrie, and James Hardy's, you know, because he's a little bit uh, – he's a big boy now, but uh, – <laughs> Kyrie says, I want you to be a point guard. I will be a shooting guard and shoot the ball. James Harden is leading the league in assists right now. What also helps me have Kevin uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie at the helm. Kyrie's having 27 points a game. KD is back with 29 and 7 and 5. Like Those are great numbers. And I'm just looking at it here. James Harden also has 23 points, 8 rebounds, and 11 assists. Like, this is embracing a scary role. Nobody saw this coming that Kyrie would step aside from being the point guard and let James Harden facilitate, facilitate the offense and let Katie and Kyrie score on their own. Um, this is very, very scary team. And, you know, right now they're all, 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 all offense, no defense, and we're going to play and outscore you and outshoot you. But if they play a lick of defense, they're NBA Finals bound. It's kind of scary to say, but, like, if they play in at those numbers – it's going to be a great thing to watch because um, it also, you know, they have their bench. DeAndre, I mean, not bench, but other role players. DeAndre Jordan, granted, he's out of his prime. Seven and seven is not going to get the job done. But if he goes 10 and 10, that's a little bit more scary. And we have Joe Harris, the three-point troll, with 15 points a game as well. Like, they're a complete team, like over-complete team. And if they can play up to their full potential and can really thrive in that James Harden facilitating the offense, the Nets are the team to look out for. Yeah, and I, I'm with you. I mean, this is if I want to channel my in, inner Stephen A. The Brooklyn Nets are going to the championship. Okay, they're, they're going to the championship. Like the this this is what I was kind of saying. Like when I was hinting at earlier that you should have a defense to win a championship. Well, if anything's going to overcome this, it would have been the big three that was in Golden State or the big three that we have now here in Brooklyn. Because I know when we talk about dominant teams and crazy, I mean, you can talk the historic Bulls. You can talk um, the big three that was in Miami. You can talk the big three in Golden State. Like There's great teams in past history. But nobody, I thought, would ever score more points than the big three that we saw in Golden State between Steph, Clay, and KD. But this big three is averaging more points than that. Like the, that big three in Golden State uh, for Golden State averaged 75 points per game. James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and KD are averaging 80 points per game <laughs> between three people. 
they're averaging 80 points per game together on the court. Like that, that's insane. Tough they, to guard, the, tough guard. The team, itself, the team itself just broke the franchise record for threes in a game without Kevin Durant even playing. Okay. Yep. Like they 27 threes in a game without Kevin Durant playing. Like Kyrie, Kyrie, like you said, is moving over to shooting guard. Just like, hey, somebody uh, like I'm the most skilled other than maybe Steph Curry. I am the most skilled and athletic point guard in this game and yet I'm not even going to play point guard because because I can just get open get my shots score 30 to 40 points and now we've got James Harden who on this team is basically turning into the Russell Westbrook Mr. Mr. Triple Double I mean he's got yeah 24 8 and 11 like you said like leading the NBA in assists he looks happy um that that's he's gonna be and that's a big thing um, when it comes to playing sports. I hate to tell people that, but like happiness, like really affects how you play. Um, and you can see that when he's out on the court. Um, I personally believe that this is the best version of Kyrie Irving we've seen since the 2016 title run with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like this, uh, I mean, 28 points, five rebounds, six assists a game. Um, being able to step aside, adjust his role. Like obviously, when it comes to Kyrie, it's a matter of is he going to play every game. But when he's on the court, it is uh, he is electrifying on the court. The, the way he handles the basketball, the way he's able to score and maneuver his body, it, it's impe- it's impeccable. And then on top of that, you got Kevin Durant, who after a torn Achilles injury, you never expect somebody <laughs> to come out and be the same version of themselves. Mama if, mentality. If not better. And he looks exactly like that. Like, he has the best shooting percentage of his career this season. Like, best from three-point range, and that's over 43%. He's shooting over 50% from mid-range. Like, he's shooting over 50% on the entire season. Like, he is six foot ten with a seven-foot wingspan. How do you guard that? How do you, you guard <laughs> You don't guard that. And, so, and uh, there's so oh, many. Because if you want to try to double him, guess who's going to be open? James oh, Harden, MVP. Oh, yeah, oh, if you want to try to go James Harden? Oh, Kyrie Irving, a clutch shooter, like NBA final champion. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah. And then, okay, you're looking at us three. We're just, we'll throw it down to DeAndre and dunk it on you real quick. Like, yeah. yeah, like uh, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, my bad. Um, but still, like, I just, there's so much offensive firepower that I don't know what to do with it. However, if there is going to be one negative, it is the fact that the 94 points is the least amount that they've allowed this year in a game. Like they, they do need to tighten it up a little bit on defense, but I'm with you. Can they do that? Like they have Kevin Durant on that team. I've, I've always thought Kevin Durant was one of the greatest defenders in the game. Kyrie Irving is extremely athletic. Like I know that he kind of gets moved around a little bit cause he's not the biggest defender, but he, he has steals. He pickpockets all the time. Like they have DeAndre Jordan down there. Like they, they have players that can play defense individually. It's just a matter of doing it as a unit and playing correctly in the system. So if they figure that out, yeah. Who is it that's going to compete with them? <laughs> it's hard to say. It's hard to ask that question. I know we mentioned the Sixers earlier and Joel Embiid having a crazy season, but I can't put faith in them because they are another one of those teams kind of similar to what I said about Iowa. Like, the, it's the same trend that we see with them every year. They play really well in the regular season, but they never have something that, to prove when it comes to the playoffs. So, or they have something to prove, and they are never never able to actually prove it. Joel Embiid gets hurt a lot of a lot of seasons, and I worry about that as the season develops. 
Um, will Bill, will Ben Simmons ever shoot a jumper? Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, and then you look at some of the other teams that I think are competitors, like your Celtics. I think that they still are competitors. Um, oh yeah, no doubt. Like no doubt. But for some reason, like, I don't know if it's a, like vibe check, whatever you want to call it. But when I look at them and I look at the nets, I just don't see it. Like I, it's hard to, it's hard. And then when I look at my heat, who are the defending Eastern conference champions, we don't even look even close to the Miami heat of that was the defending Eastern conference champions. Like, don't get me wrong. We were ravaged by COVID. We haven't even had Drogic back for basically this entire season. Um, but we started pulling it together. We had a four game win streak and then we just got clobbered by the jazz and the Clippers who are both hot. So like, I, I don't know, they've got to pull it together if they're going to compete. It's just the more that we see this big three play for Brooklyn, it's hard for me to really say that another team's going to compete with them in a seven-game series because can another team score 150 points per game? I'm sorry to throw all that at you, Mickey Hines. It's just there's it, it's crazy to try and wrap my mind around this team. No, when you have three big names like that, it is very hard, and uh, you do have to talk about all that stuff. And you know, like you're hitting all the things, and it's so exciting to see and. Who is going to rise up to that team? The Nets are the team to be. I don't care. You know, they got to earn it. They got to prove it, all that jazz. But, like, they're the team to be. And, like, the Celtics, yeah, they're inconsistent as can be. They'll either lose to the Pistons. I hate when I see that uh, come up on my screen. Or they'll go and compete with the best one, like the Lakers, compete and lose by one or something like that. Like, they're kind of inconsistent. They're a 500 team. Um, I think one game over 500. It'll be very interesting to see who's going to take down the Nets because they're going to be the team with the target on their back, and you hit all the right points. But I'm excited. I'm beyond excited to see the Nets. Steve Nash coaching the Nets. Um, Steve ECF. So crazy. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it to see them make it. Um, it's just – basketball is back. Basketball, it's, it's exciting. And I, I don't really know where to go with it, to be honest. But there's a lot to cover. We're going to cover a lot um, moving forward, but you got any final takes for this episode? I know it's a little bit longer for our today, guys, but again, got to catch up. We're, we're here, what, like 25 games in, basically over a quarter of the way through the season. We got to catch up. Yeah, we got you on the NBA catch-up. Uh, we got you on college basketball. We're going to be talking about all basketball, 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 so don't worry. More basketball is coming at you. No ending hot takes, but all I got to say is we're playing basketball. I really cannot <laughs> right, say I, I really cannot believe we didn't plan that, but that's perfect, man. So with that being said, if you're talking sports, just a matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yeah, we cut it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is, the Mickey Zizzy podcast. Have a great week, everybody. Peace.